Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right there, party people. It's Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me as always is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is episode 141 of Gridiron Grinder, and we're about a week away from the NFL draft. So for tonight, uh, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium, like we always do. Then we're going to do our recap of the news from this past week. Uh, after that, we're going to do a first round mock draft, and then we'll close it off with our question of the week. And so uh, with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. It's going good. You know, I, I kind of finished getting all my notes together today and feel pretty good about our mock draft. This is always a, a fun episode for us. Yeah, it definitely is. I've you know, I've been working on this all year, so I have a little bit of an advantage, you know, kind of, I watch college football, you don't, so. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I pay attention a little bit, but not nearly as much as you. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. All right, well, hey, why don't we, you know, just move it on over and you you do a little uh, name that stadium action for us there, James. All right, so this is the section of show, and as you can see, I'm traveling around to stadiums that have hosted NFL games or host NFL games um, and you know you guess you get it right be the first one we'll give you an extra special shout out bookmark it you can brag to all your friends another week with no takers that I saw um, I didn't I haven't checked the last like six hours or whatever but I yeah, still no nothing <laughs> yeah so you know come on people throw a guess out there it yeah should get off your you know your butakuses and make some choices here yeah but so last week i was in washington and the reason i chose washington it is kind of tied into like all all news all week about like i thought the deal was done as we, when we talked about it but apparently it's not quite done and apparently even this week somebody came in with a higher offer to buy the team oh no kidding yeah and and then like two a day later he he was like sued for not paying people or something like that. Oh, geez. Okay. So, but it was like, he offered like, I think it was more than $7 billion for the team. Oh, that's a big premium from the what 6.05 or whatever it was. Or yeah, I forget who it was. Like I forget who it was, but then like there was an article I saw that like, like days after offering or, coming in, putting in $6 billion offer, so-and-so is like, I think his last name was Davis is sued for something. I was like, geez. Okay. Yeah. Maybe an attempt to block him or something. Yeah. Let me see if I can, it wasn't to block him. Okay. It was like, it was like he failed to pay creditors. Gotcha. Let's see if I can find it. I'm not seeing it real quick. Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, if you're um, that big of a business guy, it seems like you'd probably have some stuff like that that just happens because you do so much business, you know, mm -hmm. that something's going to get missed somewhere, or, or maybe it's even like a fraudulent thing that just takes forever to get cleared up. And, uh, you know, it's like when you're that big, there's <laughs> there's a lot of transactions. Yeah, my computer... Um... After, let's see if I can find it. Sure. Take your time. 
Yeah, I think I know what your inspiration was for this week. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so Brian Davis is the person, and he was he placed a seven billion dollar offer to buy the Washington Commanders and seeks a judgment of he sued for failing to repay a loan. Okay. And seeks a judgment uh, for $322,000 in loans that he failed to repay and a $200 a day in penalty for every day each loan is overdue. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So it was That sounds like a California law. Let's just compound daily penalties. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's in DC Superior Court. Uh, and his comp soon as him and his company for failing to pay two loans, one for 230 and one for 92,000 to some Marion Madavi. Okay. Yeah. You know, when you're talking 7 billion, that's just a drop in the bucket, but, um, you know, I'm sure he's probably got to have all that cleared up and whatever it takes to properly be qualified or vetted to buy an NFL team. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Gotcha. Basically it's, it's money and the owners have to say, okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they will, you know, yeah. they're ready for this. Yeah. They're seeking. There's also something out there. Right. Apparently we're jumping into the news now. Well, yeah, let's, yeah, let's just officially so, recap of the past week. Here we go. Yeah, so there's there's something out there where, and I don't know if it was somebody is seeking for the NFL lawyers seek NFL protection from Snyder. Okay, so the lawyers representing the former employees of the Commanders um, are saying requests in a letter sent to the league ask for protection for their clients and others who spoke with Beth Wilkinson and Mary Jo White in Congress as part of the investigations. So seeking for the NFL to protect them from potential lawsuits from Daniel Snyder. Okay. Yeah, like slander and stuff like that. Yeah, whatever. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would wonder why the NFL would defend them, but... Um... Oh, because two of the people, two of the investigators were hired by the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be part of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, the guys got to sell the team and move on. And, you know, mm -hmm. it'll be a couple of years. We'll hear about somebody else doing some shady stuff. It's just the way it goes. Well, yeah, you know, because Daniel Snyder has that, that whole book of, uh, everything each NFL owner did wrong because he had them follow, followed <laughs> by private investigators. Dirt. Oh, geez. Yeah, he's got the dirt. Oh, that's not good. Uh, okay, well, yeah, let's get off of that, man. So um, the biggest news from this past, well, I, you know, I'll say maybe maybe two things you could argue are the biggest news, but one of them is uh, Jalen Hurts, James. He is getting paid in a major way. And so... Uh, he signed a five-year extension worth $255 million. $179 million of that's guaranteed. 
this now makes him the highest paid player on a per year basis. And so uh, good for him. You know, there have been like a million different articles out there talking about what does this mean for Lamar Jackson and for, you know, deals with other quarterbacks like Herbert and whoever else that are going to be coming up soon. And, um, you know, hey, I mean, it, you know, every time one of these deals gets done, it it kind of sets the new benchmark for the next guy. And so, um, you know, I think it's good for him. I think, um, you know, if we had a real salary cap, you could say, oh, this could be maybe problematic for the team. Uh, but, you know, we're living in that fake cap era. I'm sure they'll find a way to, you know, stack the roster and still make some moves. Well, first of all, this is fucking phenomenal for the team, how this contract is structured. Okay, it's, well, it's, tell me it's about it. Absolutely, one hundred percent phenomenal. So, okay, so twenty. Ah, this doesn't have the updated one. Darn it. So I was, I was, I was reading it, and and I wanted to quote the right numbers, but over over the next four years, Jalen Hurts' cap hit for the Philadelphia Eagles doesn't even go into the top ten for quarterbacks in the league. Oh wow. Okay, so this yeah, is, they really found a way to make it. This is structured. Yeah ridiculously well like howie rose howie roseman needs to take a bow on this one okay so yeah so yeah so you're saying that they're going to have at least four years of a super bowl window yeah like like i think this year this coming season his cap hits six million dollars okay and then next year he's still on the rookie deal and yeah and so like adjusts it now yep i got you and then next year it's like Eight million. Let me see if this if Spotrack has it updated because over the uh, yeah it doesn't have it updated. But it's like next year's like eight million, and then the year after that's like ten million. It's it's just. And so then, what does it do? Balloon. I think it. I think yeah. It kind of after like four or five years, then then it starts to get heavier but then you know four or five years from now after after like year four i think it gets heavier i'm not seeing um it i wish i would it was able to find it's but i mean if if you saw the cap hits you you'd okay. be like okay oh my gosh this is yeah well yeah and i guess if that's the case it gives them four years to figure out how to adjust you know if and when it starts to balloon you know do they convert it to signing bonus and things like that, all the different kind of games they can yeah. play. Okay, then I have one more shot at, at the salary cap breakdown of, of, sure. of his contract. So it's okay. So yeah, it's, you know, six years, whatever. It's, it's, um, Hey, if you can't find it, it's not a big deal, you know. I am interested, though. If you find it later, send it to me, or I'll or I'll do some digging, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's. And it has a full no trade clause on it too. Oh yeah, that's good to point out. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah, that's being becoming more common now with quarterbacks especially all right i have one more shot at this and (laughs) if this doesn't work then i will give it up but it's sure yeah 
All right. So this year, 2023, it's $6.15 million. 2024, his cap hit is 13.56. 2025, his cap hit is 21.77. 2026, his cap hit is 31.77. Okay. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> and then it's $100 million. Yeah, so it's... I think there's options and I think like, I, I don't know how it's possible, but I was, I was hearing about it and, and I was just like, Oh my God, that is, that is ridiculously good for, yeah. for Philadelphia. Like I, I couldn't believe how minimal his cap hit was. And like what I, what I had read was like in like 2026 at the current pay rate, of NFL quarterback, he's like the twelfth highest cap hit for NFL quarterbacks. Gotcha. Which yeah, which will be totally different and inflated by then, which means he'll be even lower on the list. Yeah, and then but but you say, well, what is people are saying? What does this do to Lamar Jackson? Blah blah blah. The thing with it with it is is everything I'm reading is Lamar Jackson was offered, if not the exact same deal with the exact same guarantees, a very similar deal. Okay. It, it was like 250 million over whatever, over six years with like 170 to 180 million guaranteed in the contract and very, a very similar contract to, to, um, okay. Jalen hurts. So and, I only heard about the three year deal, but you're saying there was another one out there. Yeah, there was another reports reports here were, that I, okay. that I read and I heard it was. Yeah, so was, maybe it was maybe it was the three-year deal was the fully guaranteed one, and then yeah. there was this other one that Lamar was just like, no, it's not fully guaranteed. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So real quick, uh, yeah, Hertz or Lamar was offered fifty a five-year extension that averaged 50 million per year and total guarantees would have been 175 million. Wow. And he turned it down. Yes. Shame on him, man. Shame on him. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, I just fucked up, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's so similar that, I don't think it does shit for Lamar Jackson's situation because Lamar's kind of looking at it. Well, look at, look at, look at, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson contract. You know, Deshaun Watson contract was, was an outlier and that's, yeah. that's evident yeah. with what happened with Jalen Hurts. And yeah. 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 Okay. So, so Burrow's probably going to get a similar deal to Hurts and Herbert's probably going to get a similar deal to Hurts. Tua probably won't get shit. Um, but it's it's just you know there's something wrong in Lamar's camp because yeah the thing I absolutely love about it is is the stories on how Lamar how Jalen Hurts got his agent. Have you okay. heard of that? No, no. So this it's it's a uh, black check and she uh, when you know Jalen was going had announced he going, was going to go pro or something or right before he was announcing. You know, 
leading up to the draft, he sent her or she sent him a DM on Instagram saying, I don't know if you have an agent, but if you're if you need one, I'm interested. And he's like, yep, you're 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 good to go. And then she goes out and gets him, gets him easy. this yeah. deal. And now she's she's a, a happy lady. Yeah. I mean, she gets what, like three or six percent. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, six percent of two hundred and fifty five million is uh, not that bad. Oh, yeah. No. Hey, that's that's a hell of a deal. Uh, well, that's yeah, that's cool, man. And, you know, uh, I like that they they structured it that way. So Philly can stay relevant for a few years because, yeah, that's the problem is a lot of times a team signs the quarterback to big money mm-hmm. and then they just can't fill the roster. And so. You know, the quarterback can get them to a certain point, but, you know, not necessarily get them over the hump all on their own. And so this this sounds like it's a pretty good deal all around. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal all around. And if you look at it, like, look at the Super Bowl this past past year. Jalen Hurts probably had, if not the best, one of the best performances in the Super Bowl as quarterback. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and, and you know, I've heard people already saying <clears throat> the difference between him and Lamar is, you know, yeah, Lamar maybe got that MVP, but Hurts got him that close to winning a Super Bowl, and really they probably should have won it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, um, you know, Lamar hasn't gotten him that far in the playoffs, and so it's like, you know, you got to look Lamar hasn't at, won, a, won a playoff game. Has Lamar even played in any of their playoff games? <sighs> You know, I'd have to go back and look now off the top of my head. I, I got to believe he has, but yeah, like, um, but but still, and <clears throat> and also, okay, you want to say Lamar had an MVP this past year? Jalen Hurts was having an MVP season. The only reason yeah. he didn't get the MVP is because he ended up hurt yeah. for what three or four games. Yeah, so at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, and he missed those four games, and I still thought he should have won the MVP because of the fact that how the team tailed off. Yeah. After he he lost. Oh yeah, no, you you made a good case for that. I I like that you pointed it out that way. You know that it's not like the team maintained without him. You know they tanked for those couple mm-hmm. games. So, just goes to show how pivotal it was. So, okay. yeah, you so know Lamar, I want to kind of remember in Lamar. I want to say they lost to Tennessee one year in the playoffs, or maybe so I got Lamar, that. Lamar has this past year was the fir- first year he didn't play in their playoff game. Okay. Um. In 18, he lost. He played in the playoff game and lost. And he, he went 14. He started. He went 14 for 29. Okay. 194 yards and had 54 rushing yards. Then in 2019, he lost again. I I don't have who they're playing. It's That's just, fine. Yeah. Just, they lost again. He was 31 for 59 for 365 yards and 143 rushing yards. So a really good game, but they still lost. Yeah, and then in twenty twenty in twenty twenty, he won a playoff game. Okay, and he had he was in the postseason. He was thirty one, thirty one for forty eight. So they didn't pass. Like that, that can't be right. Like that's that's like one game total the year before. That has to be like an average. No, because it's not. So they beat Tennessee in 2020, and then they lost lost to Buffalo in 2020. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah, I remember the ten. There something about the Tennessee game. I thought it was the other way for some reason, but okay, I got you. Yeah, I think his first year, one of the years, I think they played Tennessee and lost, and then the foul. So some revenge, maybe. Yeah, they lost to Tennessee in 2019. Okay. And that's when they were the number number one seed, and then 2018 they lost to the Chargers. Gotcha. So yeah, so he's played. I'm, I'm sorry, he's played in a playoff game, and he's <laughs> won a playoff game. It just yeah, he just hasn't gotten them very far in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and that and that's for a Baltimore team that really has been very talented on the roster. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's all Lamar. They've had guys on both sides of the ball for a long time. Yeah, they have. So, and I mean, yeah. Philadelphia was stacked last year, but I mean, if we're being fair, they hurt Smith what four games last year, mm-hmm. and and Philadelphia almost lost the number one seed because of that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they, I don't think they won a game without him. He played in. The regular season last year, he played in 15 games, so he missed two games. Okay. And they were, yeah, 0-2. Because they were 14-1 and in games he played, and they finished this se- the season at 14-3. and Gotcha. So I, I, still, I still say Hurt should have won the MVP last year, and I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, it's all good, man. He's getting his money. I'm sure he's happy. Yeah, I'm sure he's so happy. his agent. <laughs> exactly. All right, so yeah, so the other big news from this past week, James, which is why I said maybe it's, you know, a double kind of thing here, but uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills came out, and they said that he has been cleared by doctors mm-hmm. to resume football activities. And so I'm sure, you know, everybody at this point probably knows DeMar Hamlin the Buffalo Bills safety, uh, you know, had that cardiac arrest on the field last year in that game. Uh, you know, him getting cleared, that's a huge win for him, man. And I'm yeah. sure it's still going to be uh, an uphill battle for him to actually get back on the field. But great news nonetheless, man. Yeah, it's, it's great news. Um, apparently he went to multiple specialists and everyone said, no, you're fine. Basically, everyone said across the board, you're fine. His diagnosis was cordocarditis, okay. which basically what happens with cordocarditis is you get you're impacted in the right spot in your chest at the exact right point in your heartbeat or your heart rhythm. Yeah. So it's and so and that impact. Cause automatically causes cardiac arrest if it's strong enough. Yeah, it sounds like it's a super rare thing to occur. It is, but it is, it is the leading cause of death in youth sports. Okay. And so apparently Hamlin's creating some sort of foundation or something to nice build awareness and build awareness. Yeah, but but yeah, and, and it's extremely rare for for it to happen as an adult. Gotcha. So, which is good. It's good, good for him. It was a complete 
fluke thing. Like, there's no way there's it happens or it doesn't happen, and it just has to be the, like the right moment in your heartbeat for yeah for if for it to ha- happen. Oh yeah, it's pretty wild, man. But yeah, I'm happy for the guy, and I hope he uh, I hope he can play, man. I mean that that's the real win if he gets back on the field and continues his career and overcomes it. You know that's mm-hmm. the the real happy story. So, oh, exactly. Um, all right. So the next thing I had here, James, is that Allen Robinson. Um, you know, I think the details have, have come out now, but when I read about it earlier, he was being traded from the Rams to the Steelers. Um, I thought I saw something about he's going to Pittsburgh with a seventh round pick and mm-hmm. in return, they're getting a better seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the Rams are paying like 10 million of his salary this next year. It sounded like a really screwy deal for the Rams. Like when I saw it, I thought, why are they doing this? But you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have enough time to like fully dig into it. It just seemed on, on the surface, like it was a bad trade for the Rams. I agree on the surface. It seems like a bad trade for the Rams. I don't know. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that we don't know of. Like, okay. Allen Robinson was, I actually, happy or who knows, you know, he was on the Rams. So yeah. When did he join the Rams? Like just I don't last year, man. And it was a really down year for him. Um, yeah. You know, you would have thought that he would have done great with the Rams, but um, yeah, it just didn't click. Yeah. So I, that's how much I remember. Like, I don't even think he played the full season. It's, it's, I mean, the guy was yeah. a ghost, man. He played. He played ten games, and here his his. He played in ten games. He had he. Whatever reason he didn't play after the New Orleans games game on November twentieth, but his the entire season he had thirty three receptions on fifty two targets, three hundred and thirty nine yards, three TDs. Yeah. Yeah, that's like career low for him, basically. Yeah, and I'm. I'm trying to remember. Did he get? hurt because I mean I would imagine if he only played 10 games something must have happened because um, you know they had a lot of guys get hurt and they would have wanted to play him I'm sure if if he could have played because they needed the help but you know at some point I mean their season was just pretty much done anyhow although they freaking Baker Mayfield got him like one sneaky win to tweak our draft pick thank you Baker (laughs) You know. Okay, so his 2023 salary is guaranteed, and so I'm just looking at this this article that was around the time of the owner meeting, owners meeting that it was like basically clear that they weren't sure if he was going to be back. Um, worst season's career. Yeah, he ended up on the in, injured reserve reserves needing foot surgery. Okay. So that's why he missed it. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I think it, you know it's a steal of a, a move for Pittsburgh, man. Because if he can bounce back, wow, you know that's a heck of a weapon for Kenny Pickett. Okay, so I see. Actually, reading this article, I see absolutely why um, the Rams were okay with paying the ten point whatever million. 
pick is this this little blurb in the start. If the Rams trade Robinson before June first, they'd incur eleven point two million of dead money in twenty twenty three. Okay. And save six point eight five million of salary cap space. So they were taking a hit either way. Yeah, so they were taking the hit either way. So obviously obviously there's something more to it behind the scenes that just isn't known. Yeah. Because like it's still a shitty trade. It's a real shitty trade. Yeah, I, or you know, or he's his foot's bad. And... No, because he passed the physical. Because as part, as yeah, I part guess of if he passed the physical, then yeah, I mean his foot's got to be good enough. Because I was going to say yeah. the other part is maybe it's like yeah, hey, you know he's recovered, but he's not the same. You know the foot's, you know, and and they're just telling Pittsburgh, hey, you know if you want to take your chances on him, you know. But yeah, I guess if he had a physical, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just glancing through it. Yeah, because he as part of. As part of the trade, for the trade to be finalized, he had to pass his physical with the Steelers. Gotcha. Hey, that's all right. You know, good trade for Pittsburgh, bad trade for the Rams. Yeah, I'd, I'd all that to move up 17 spots. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like the Rams are imploding, and they're making bad decisions left and right. So. Yeah, which... It really concerns me for the Lions because, you know, that's where Brad Holmes is from. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that's a whole separate conversation, I guess, mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they were good up until his departure. And, you know, there was, I, you know, I was speculative on Brad Holmes when we brought him in because there was a lot of talk about really how much did he do for the organization uh, to like warrant him elevating up to that GM level. And I think he's done a, a great job with Detroit so far. And so I, I don't want to, you know, maybe in Detroit, there was speculative about what he was doing, what he did in the, within the organization and elevating him out here. It was like, he was super involved in the organization yeah. and yeah. like that piece missing is a big piece for, for the Rams. Oh, off. gotcha. Well, no, that's good because, yeah, you know, I had heard uh, that it was like, you know, he was basically like a power scout and Les mm-hmm. Snead was making all the calls. Um, and so, you know, like, but like the one win was that he like pounded the table for Aaron Donald and, um, you know, but I, I just, you know, I had heard that his voice was often unheard because Les Snead was just like, I'm the man, I'm doing what I got to do. So. Yeah, and it's just two perspectives. Out here, that's definitely not what it was. Um, and that's good. It's good. I like it. I like that we got him. I like what he's been doing so far. He's been making great moves for the Lions, man. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. First time in a long time, maybe my lifetime, that we've seen that. So True. <laughs> uh, all right, so next up, James, you know, on the sadder side, we got this stuff every week, it seems like. But uh, Chris Smith, a former defensive lineman, uh, played eight seasons with the Jags, the Bengals, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Houston Texans. Uh, he has passed away at 31. Uh, the cause of death is unknown at this time. Uh, sad stuff, man. Sad stuff. 
Yeah, I I missed that one. I I thought you were going with the uh, Dave Wilcox, who was a Hall of Fame linebacker from the 49ers. Oh no, I didn't. Uh, what? Yeah, I guess so. He uh, died at the age of 80. Okay. So I mean that's better, but still sad, you know. Any death is sad, but 80 is a more full life, you know. 31, that's mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. You know, there's a lot of these early deaths with these NFL players, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, all right. But, you know, I don't want to hang up on that too long. The last thing I got in the news here, James, is Justin Herbert uh, made the news. Apparently, Brandon Staley made some kind of comment that he's unsure about whether or not Herbert's going to be ready for OTAs, saying that he's still recovering from his shoulder surgery, which was on his left non-throwing arm um and so i don't know noteworthy i guess because of maybe the timing but um there's still a ways before week one and so i'm not sure there's much to be worried about with that yeah i don't think there is i think it's smoke no fire okay so anything else news wise that you want to hit man so the one thing that I wanted to hit, and it's, I want, I want to, get, dude. I want to get get the the direct quote from this. So, so during the season when Tua had concussions and and his concussions were like he had like concussion after concussion. Yeah. Um, I had said this. I said, you know, he really should sit down and consider whether it's worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have a permanent freaking brain damage thing and your whole life be ruined. Right. So in the first news conference um, since his concussion on December 25th, Tua spoke to the media and said he sat down and considered walking away from football. It's good he did that. And um His quote is, I considered it for a time, having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife, and having those kinds of conversations. Ultimately, he didn't decide, but I'm glad he had the conversation, especially, like, you know, is this worth it? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, just being being, um, cognizant of what could happen and the seriousness of it. And I'm so glad that he did. Um, Also, apparently he's been using crash pads to learn how to fall. Okay. So he doesn't hit his head and get a concussion again. That's good, man. You know, I, you know, I'll tell you, you know, just from my, you know, football days back in the day, which we're not, it's not like I played college ball or anything like that, but you know, a big thing was learning how to fall. And mm-hmm. the guys that didn't know how to fall were the guys that always got hurt, man. And uh, you could just, you could kind of just see it with them. You're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you got to know how to like go down and let your body absorb it in the right kind of way. And, um, and, and it doesn't mean that every time you fall, it's going to be good. Sometimes you just, you get smoked and it is what it is, but um, you know, learning how to fall is huge. And I, I don't know how you teach that, but it sounds like they got maybe some mm-hmm. ways of doing that. So it's like basically like teaching, like using like crash test pads 
type of thing and teaching like body posture, like when you're hit and you're going down, how to like tuck your head. Yeah. Which like, and you hold it here, it'll, you won't bang on the ground and just like little stuff like that on how he, he can hit the ground um, and not bang his head around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I've always, uh, you know, I've heard a lot about like the, um, depending on what angle you're going down, you know, it's like, try to, it's like, try to let your knee, your hip, you know, and then get your Mm -hmm. arm, like all sort of like have a piece of absorbing the fall, you know? And it's like, you know, you don't necessarily want any one of them absorbing the impact. You want them to kind of like in sequence, share the impact. And then, uh, it ends up being a a much less painful kind of fall. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Anything so else? Just, nope. That was that was about it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's that happened, but I don't know. Like, arrests and Mixon pleading not guilty. Was it Mixon? Whoever was. Yeah. I know Mixon. we were talking about him a week or two ago. That he was yeah, like he, recharged and yeah, you he know. pled not guilty in court. Okay. Um, there's a draft prospect um wide receiver that was struck by a suspected drunk driver oh man like 10 days ago um he was hospitalized as like a middle round pick so but he's out of the hospital so he's on on the men but nothing really earth shattering okay all right well hey man let's move it on over let's do our round one mock draft man and so um you know kind of like we've done these last couple of years i got a, a spreadsheet that i'm going to be referring to to just to kind of help me guide some of this and look at what i had for team needs look at some of the comments i've heard from the rumor mill and then just track our picks as we go so that we're not you know renaming things that are already off the board and so yeah um you know I guess I'll, I'll just start by, you know, these past couple of weeks, we did the team needs and I, I, you know, I know I mentioned this before, but I married an article from NFL.com with another one from CBSSports.com, And then over the last two weeks, as you and I talked about it, we made some notes about where we thought the order needed to be tweaked based on some of their free agent signings and things like that. And, you know, where they could get the most bang for their buck to help improve the team and, uh, and so I, I did use those sources and then tweaked it based off our notes. Uh, and then I also referenced an ESPN.com article to get the latest draft buzz talking about, uh, you know, what teams are focusing on what positions for what rounds and that kind of stuff. And so I'm going to kind of use all of this together as I'm making my picks. And I thought we would do it like we've done in the past where we rotate, where you know, we can flip a coin to figure out who goes first. Uh, and then one of us will make a pick, the other one will make the pick. And that way, you know, it's kind of like a little bit more realistic, you know, like I could snipe a pick and then you got to adjust and whatever else. Uh, but, you know, I'd, I'd like it to still be collaborative, you know, if, if you don't mind that where it's, you know, 
I'm not just going to like make a pick and not listen to you whatsoever. It's, you know, mm-hmm. our feedback or input both ways is good for talking these things out, you know? So, yeah. So I feel like the last couple of years I've ended up going first. Okay. So, so you want I, me to go first? So I think I'll let you go first this year. You're just going to give it to me. Okay. Just give it to you. Instead of, instead of making a flipping a coin, I, I just feel like I always end up going first. So, I'll sure. let you go first. Sure. I, I think you're doing that so you can get the lions at six, but you know, I'll go first. I got no problem with that. You just tell me when I'm on the clock, my friend. I would put you on the clock starting now. Starting now. Oh no. How much time do I have? Shit. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, for the first pick, that's the Carolina Panthers. And we talked about their team needs, you know, quarterback, offensive guard, wide receiver, edge, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, they moved up to number one because they want a quarterback. And uh, up until this point, it has been either between Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Um, You know, in recent weeks, Stroud kind of had the edge. But I've been hearing a lot this week that Bryce Young has, like, retaken that spot as, like, their top guy on their board, uh, which I think is consistent with some of the comments we've heard. Like, Frank Reich made a comment that, the height thing is not going to be an issue for them. Uh, And people originally thought that would be a deterrent because Frank Reich's only coached quarterbacks that are like six, two or taller or whatever the story was. But um, I, you know, if I'm making the pick here, I'm going Bryce young, man. And I'll just, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll put it in my board. I'll lock it in, but let's get your, uh, your two cents on it before we move on, man. I agree with you, with you there. I honestly, everything is trending towards Bryce young being the number one overall pick. Um, I think he, I think he's a better prospect than CJ Stroud anyways, as it is. And, but I, I also think that based on what I'm seeing, all the rumors that I'm seeing on it, I think, first of all, Bryce Young canceled all his visits with all his other, all the other teams after visiting Carolina. Allegedly Carolina didn't, didn't tell him that they were picking him number one. I say allegedly yeah. because, because of the fact that why else would he cancel everything? Yeah. He's feeling pretty good about it. And, you know, I, I think whether they went Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I, I think they'd be in good shape either way. I, I like the tape that I've seen on Stroud. Um, you know, and these guys are very close. Like when you're looking at the ESPN.com best available, uh, Bryce Young's got a 95 grade, Stroud's got a 94, um, you know, and I think Stroud has had some, uh, like unused athletic ability that maybe we're going to see come out a little bit more in the NFL as he develops. But, um, you know, yeah, it's hard to argue with Bryce Young. The only knock on him is the size. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Hey man, that puts you on the clock here at two for the uh, Houston Texans pick. What are you thinking there, James? Well, first of all, because I think Carolina's going to pick Bryce Young, ultimately, I'm going to put the caveat that I think Houston might trade out of this pick um, and trade back a little bit because everything I'm reading is they don't want to deal with um, C.J. Stroud's agent. And you had mentioned it, too, that... That's, yeah. that's something that's coming out. 
but yeah, since... yeah. Apparently, uh, Stroud shares an agent with Deshaun Watson, which is a sore spot for the Texans. Yeah, and also we'll come back to them at number twelve, and that's where I think they might get their quarterback. I think they might. There's a possibility that they would stay in here, and from everything I'm reading, their pick would be Will Anderson if if Bryce Young goes number one. I think I think Will Will Anderson's probably one of, if not the best edge guy in the draft. Um, I think defensively, that would be a good pick for them. Yeah, and, and their new head coach, Demeco Ryan's defensive-minded guy. You know, you're getting him. I mean, a lot of people are. You know, I mean, <laughs> Will Anderson's nickname is the Terminator. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just says it right there. You're getting a beast that's going to transform that defense for the long term. I don't think there's anything wrong with them passing on a quarterback. Just because they're at number two, it doesn't mean you have to do it. It's year one of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get the guy you want and and build it the way you want to build it. So, uh, but yeah, we could talk more about that later. I kind of was hinting that we would maybe cover this a little bit in question of the week, but obviously it's coming up because, you know, it's the second pick. So, uh, but that's cool. I, uh, I penciled in Will Anderson on my, uh, my mock draft here, James. And so that takes us to three, which is the Arizona Cardinals. And this one, um, you know, this one is tricky because um, I think that, they want to trade out of this pick. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, and, and there have been at least six teams that have called and asked about it, uh, and they're just trying to find the right value. And I think for a team where Kyler's going to be out for the bulk of this next year, uh, you got a new head coach, the team's pretty much in disarray. The best thing for them long term would be to trade out and load up on picks and start building for the future. Uh, but in our in our exercise here, we're not we're not making a trade. And so yeah, and for for the for for trade, I could see Tennessee being a especially if the top two go as we kind of see. I could see Tennessee being the team to jump up and trade with them on that and to pick CJ Straub. But yeah, no, I I like that. Yeah, and I, I've heard. Um, yeah, Tennessee has been rumored to be doing their homework on the quarterbacks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and yeah, so I guess then if I'm looking at their needs, I've got defensive line is their top need, uh, whether it's defensive tackle or defensive end. Then I've got cornerback, two offensive linemen, uh, edge, which kind of ties into the defensive line, depending on what position you go for uh, in running back. And so... You know, they did bring in, we were just talking about this last week, Jonathan Gannon's the new head coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. They obviously don't need to go quarterback with Kyler, even though we've talked about, you know, could they find a way to trade Kyler and and draft a quarterback and restart that clock. Uh, If they were going to do that, I think it'd have to be next year when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. And so that's not really an option. The top guy on the board if we're going defensive line is Jalen Carter and he's got some off field issues. Um, The next guy down is Tyree Wilson at defensive end. And 
man, it's, it's tough. I think that, um, I think that because of the off field issues, I'm going to skip him here and I'm going to pencil in Tyree Wilson. I personally would like to see Arizona go with quarterback here. Um, I do agree with you that I think because of the off the field issues with uh, Jalen Carter, that drops him a little bit and possibly hurt his draft status. And he's admitted that, that it's probably hurt his draft. Um, so I would, I would agree with you with, with Tyree, um, Tyree Wilson being the Arizona pick there. Yeah. You know, I guess, let me ask you, because, you know, we're talking this out. Do you see a scenario where they would go, uh, like Peter Skaronsky and lock up their left tackle position? Or is that something where it's, hey, you know, Kyler's not playing this year anyhow. Just wait and address it later. I think, I think they could kind, they could possibly lock up their, their left tackle later in the draft because I don't think necessarily any of these offensive tackles, even Skaronsky, yeah, or, yeah. or or Brock. Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson. I, I'm hard pressed, even though the overall ranking, they are first round grades. I'm hard pressed to see them going in the first round because I think the tackle position in this in this draft is fairly deep. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I want to say there was like three or four tackles with the first round grade. I, I guess if I look by position here, uh, more than that, actually, we had, um, oh, no, no, no. We had uh, four with a first round grade and then it drops off quite a bit. It goes to uh, 39 and 47 as the next two rankings. But uh, yeah, I, in either event, you know, I think defensive minded head coach and you're not taking a quarterback. So you're going out and you're getting a cornerstone piece for your defense for the future. Uh, Jalen Carter, I think, slips just a little bit, not a ton. And so that means the next man up is Tyree Wilson. Plus, he's a defensive end. Backfills for, you know, you had Zach Allen leave, J.J. Watts gone. Uh, that's a good it's a good hole to fill, you know. And if, if this guy can get to the quarterback, it's going to look really good as, um, you know, the first kind of guy that they bring in as part of this rebuild. So, mm-hmm. uh, And so that puts you on the clock, buddy, at four with the Indianapolis Colts. So at four, I don't, and I don't think, I think if this person drops past Houston, I think somebody's going to trade into the number three spot to pick him. So the Colts won't have the opportunity to pick him. But because, because of the need and the fact that he has fallen to them. I think it's probably going to be end up being a different one that falls to him, but that's another sure. story. I think I would easily lock in CJ Stroud as the pick here. I think I think there's chatter. There's there's also chatter of the Colts trading out of this pick. Yeah. But if if Stroud makes it and is is here at four, I don't I don't think Indianapolis can pass up on him. Yeah, I think they're ecstatic if they get Stroud and. Um, the rumor mill, because, you know, people aren't expecting Stroud to be there, is that they've got uh, Levis ahead of Richardson on their mm-hmm. board, 
Um, and, and it sounds like they'd be hard pressed to not take a quarterback this high. And so, um, you know, some people are suggesting that they could even go with Levis at four, even though most people are kind of saying, ah, it's a bit of a stretch, but they're just in that position. Uh, so yeah, I agree. If Stroud's there, they're, they're freaking happy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that takes us to five with the Seattle Seahawks. And so, um, Seattle, everything I'm hearing and reading is that they're, they're looking at the defensive line. Uh, Puna Ford's gone. They've needed to kind of strengthen that defensive line for a little while now. Um, I'm also hearing that if they don't get the guy they want on the defensive line, they are strongly considering a cornerback such as Devin Witherspoon as their next preference. Uh, in this scenario, and, and listen, I mean, this is just, you know, this is all speculation, but I've heard they're not afraid of Jalen Carter and his mm-hmm. off-field issues at all. And so uh, I think he is like the perfect fit based on everything I'm hearing. And so uh, his slide is very short-lived, and I'm going to pencil him in here, James, defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Well, I 100% agree with you that if Jalen Carter is is available at five, Seattle is running that card off. This might be the shortest amount of time on the clock if this plays out like this that the team has ever been in. It's like as soon as the pick is in for Arizona or for Indianapolis, Seattle is going to know who they pick, and yep. they're going to be picking up the phone and say Jalen Carter, number five, oh, and, yeah. and moving on. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy drops in the draft because of some of this off-field stuff. Uh, but I'm getting a lot of mixed opinions on it with Jalen Carter, where you, you kind of have two camps. Some some guys are just saying, no, you know, like so many players have off-field issues. Uh, somebody this highly rated, they're going to get it in gear. It's about the coaching, and, you know, they're going to dial it in when it comes time to play. And then you got others that are like, nah, I'm just not touching them with a 10-foot pole. And so, uh, but everything I hear is Seattle's in the camp of, they're fine taking that risk. And so I think it's a good spot for them here. See, and I also think it the, the way the way it's fallen out with us, I think it's possible, like, I think it's possible that Houston, somebody might trade into Houston's spot to pick a quarterback, which then would put Indianapolis in, in an awkward position and possibly not take a quarterback there or possibly taking Levis there. And then but Arizona would take Anderson over Wilson, which might might leave Wilson at five, which I think if Wilson's there at five, Seattle might take him instead of Carter. Okay. So it's it all it's all dependent on what happens at the Houston spot. But I agree with how ours is falling out. Seattle's running that card in with yeah. with J, with Jalen Carter. Definitely. Oh yeah. Well, my man, that takes you to six for the Lions. Big pick. Don't be messing it up, James. All right. So everything I've read on the Lions is defensive players they like, Jalen Carter, Ty- Tyree Wilson, and uh, Anderson. And in this scenario, they're all off the board. Yeah, exactly. So I have to, I have to go deep into, into my research on them. Sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, looking at their needs, Detroit does still need um, some help in the secondary. 
because, um, you know, we only pretty much all the guys we brought in this year are on one year deal, except for, um, Cam Sutton. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about Detroit going there, in which case you've got your pick of the litter at cornerback, you know, my opinion on that, you know, um, it's tough with Okuda because he was the number three pick not so long ago. Would you really take another cornerback at six? Uh, I think Brad Holmes and these guys, it's a new regime, so they're probably not afraid of that kind of thing. But, you know, for me as a fan, I'd just be like, ah, don't do that. But it's tough. It's tough, you know. And and honestly, looking at the best available, you do have Devin Witherspoon sitting there with a 93 rating. Um, You know, if not him, there's Christian Gonzalez, which I've, I've heard linked to the Lions a lot. But then if you're, if you're looking defensive line, you're going down a little bit further. you got like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, and he's the num- number 11 rated prospect with a 91. I'm just, you know, to me it's like, man, you know, you're caught between a rock and a hard place at that point. Yeah, and this is a, a – this, and that's where I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Could you see them shake it up and say, you know what, Bijan Robinson – the number two rated prospect still sitting there with a 95 rating swift hurt all the time. We just brought in Montgomery. We're taking Robinson and we're running the shit out of the ball. See, that's so I, I went there and I was like, you know, they're not going to pick Bijan Robinson at number six, but then again, like I would, I, I would hate it if they picked Bijan Robinson at number six, like, like I would absolutely hate, hate that. I, it would be uh, going against the grain, but, you know, there's a lot of people saying he's a generational talent. And so it's, um, even though it maybe doesn't fill the biggest need, I think you could make the case for it, but it's it's your pick. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving you my, my who I would pick. I'm just, you know, giving you info. You you might not like. <laughs> that's all right. That's, my pick. that's why we're doing it this way because, you know, that's how the NFL draft works. <laughs> I don't even like my pick. All right. Well, I'll give you an extra minute on the clock if you need some time. I'm gonna go. Oh, jeez. Why? Why, 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 why? Fuck. We, we got time, man. Don't, don't force it. I'm going to go to Nolan Smith. Okay. Outside linebacker, linebacker from, from Georgia? Yeah. All right, tell me a little bit about that that choice. So, he's got a 91 rating, so it's not like it's out of the ballpark, you know. He's got a 91 rating. Um, His, everything I'm reading on him, let me find it. Sure. His, 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 okay, so like everything I'm reading on him is basically his, his NFL comp is Hassan Reddick. 
It's um, same explosiveness, according to what I'm reading. Oh, I like that comp. I didn't hear that. Explosion speed on tape. Um, they're they have both the they're both relentless, gritty, um, and they're in the good pass rushers. Essentially, the same build. Six foot two, 238 pounds to six foot one, 237 pounds. 32 and five inch arm length to our wingspan to our arms to 32 and three quarters of an inch based on Hassan Reddick's 2017 combine. They're leading up to the draft with Reddick. His questions about his size translate to the NFL. Um, and that's similar questions that are about Nolan Smith. And I think, I think he's, I just, I think he's, will be a perfect fit to build up the linebackers that Detroit needs. Cause I think, yeah. I think Anzalone and, and Rodrigo. Yeah. Great. They're great stories and they're familiar to us, but I think they need that impact player and to have somebody, somebody that, is so comparable to Hassan Reddick. If he has, if he has just ninety percent of the career that Hassan Reddick has come has had so far, I think it would be a phenomenal pick, and it'd be almost the steal of the draft for the Lions to get him. Okay. Well, no. Hey, I, I like that you. You know, you came up with a lot of good reasons for it. I know it took you a minute there, but um, yeah, I mean, hey, the Lions—they definitely need a linebacker. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they've seen the mock drafts to date, have been upset because a lot of times we're getting either a defensive end or a cornerback, and a lot of people are saying, geez, man, it really needs to be a linebacker. Uh, But at the same time, you know, unless a scenario like this plays out, uh, you don't don't necessarily want to reach for a linebacker when there aren't that many with a high grade in this draft class. And so, yeah. uh, but in this in this scenario, I think it it plays well to make the case for it. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think you know twelve to six is not that big of a reach because because like you take out I I think they're going to shy away from from corners in this draft and and this early in the draft. Sure. Um, because because of the whole Akuda situation, I don't think I don't think they would they would go running back and the way this they they don't need offensive tackles. So I mean you're looking at Luke Event, like the next, if they shy away from yeah. corners, the next best available is is Ben Ness, with defensive end from Iowa, or or um, what's his face, Nolan, Nolan Smith, yep, to, from Georgia. So yeah, you're I, between those think, two guys, yeah. And I think looking at what I've read and actually watching the games, I see great potential in Nolan Smith, and I don't see as much. I see a higher ceiling for Nolan Smith, and I like there. I would love if like Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter. I I mean even though Jalen Carter's D line, I would love it if he fell to the yeah. lines. But I just don't think yeah. that that's based on our situation. That's not even possible. Yeah, we need one of these cornerbacks or another quarterback to mm-hmm. get scooped up before us, and then one of them falls to us. Otherwise. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like it's likely. So, um, okay. Well, hey, that's cool. I got them locked in. And so that takes us to the number seven pick, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. And so, James, everything I'm hearing about these guys is that they're basically the wild card of the draft right mm-hmm. now. People are having a hard time getting a read. 
on where they're focusing their attention, where they're putting the priority. Uh, it, the, the consensus seems to be that they're looking at cornerback, quarterback, or offensive line in the first round. Uh, they do have a big need on the offensive line. They need two positions there at least. Uh, but they also need help on the defensive line, safety, linebacker, uh, pretty much anything on defense. And so when I'm looking at the best available, um, I don't see them going after Bijan because um, they've got, holy cow, I'm drawing a blank on the running back. Jacobs. Uh, the, thank you, Josh Jacobs. They franchise tagged him, even though I don't think he signed it yet. But, you know, they're going to run the wheels off of him. So I don't see them making a move for Bijan. Um you know, that puts him in the conversation for Devin Witherspoon at seven. He's the number seven ranked prospect on my list. Or Peter Skoronsky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. He's the number eight. Aside from that, if you really wanted to go quarterback, Anthony Richardson's the number 10 rated prospect with a 91 rating. Uh, I don't see them doing that because they brought in Jimmy G. Um, but they're very unpredictable. And, and the Raiders are known for doing sort of questionable things in the draft, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that here. Um, if I was them, I would go after the tackle, but I'm not them. And knowing just kind of the way that they draft, I think they're going to go cornerback Devin Witherspoon here. Give me I your like opinion you, here. I like how you broke it down. I, I think they would go, Either Witherspoon or Gonzalez. I think corner back is the is the pick for the Raiders this year. Yeah. Uh, and since I'm on the clock with Atlanta, I'm running my pick up and <laughs> putting in Christian Gonzalez. Okay. I know. I know they've. Um, and my camera just stopped working, but I know they have made a lot of moves and added corner backs. Let me fix my background. Added quarterback cornerbacks this offseason, but I think I think where they are, they still need a little bit more help at that position. And I like the Christian Gonzalez pick here, especially when you look at the players that have gone gone before. I don't think any of the edge guys. Um, I don't think I think they're going to go with Ritter. Um, yeah, yeah, and and some of the rumor mill is that they they're hoping for either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud to fall. Uh, mm -hmm. Neither of them are going to fall this far. And so it's no. it's just a matter of, you know, could one of them fall to like four or five where maybe they feel like they could trade up to get him. I don't see it happening, which then kind of puts, you know, cornerback, even though they brought in Okuda, you know, they still need a really good number two cornerback. Um, and they also need an edge guy, but, you know, we kind of talked about it. Edge is a little bit dry at this spot in the draft. And so I, I like your pick there, man. Although I, you know, I, I, I have been hearing, they're also looking at wide receiver and they could have their pick of the litter here, but, um, cornerback is still probably the best way for them to go. I like what you're saying. Yeah. And I think, I think wide receivers, like you're, you're really reaching on some of the wide receivers. They're yeah. they're lower. Like the wide receiver class this year is very similar, and there are a lot lower first round picks. Yeah, and everything I'm hearing is that there's not um, on the surface like a true wide receiver one in this mm -hmm. class, and and maybe for them that's not a big deal because they do have Drake London, 
Um, but still, you know, like if you're going to take a guy this high in the first round, you want him to have that kind of potential long term. So, uh, OK, so, James, that puts me on the clock with the Chicago Bears at number nine. And so this is where they ended up after trading out of that number one pick. And so um, what I'm hearing and reading is that they're looking at the trenches both ways. They're looking at offensive line. They're looking at defensive line. Uh, their dream scenario is Jalen Carter falling to them. Doesn't happen here. Uh, and it's pretty consistent with my needs. I've got them at defensive line. I've got them with two offensive linemen, cornerback, edge, tight end. And so um, looking at my board, I mean, honestly, it's, it's screaming one of these offensive tackles, Peter mm -hmm. Skaronsky or Broderick Jones. And I know we were talking about, do they really need a left tackle or do they need a right tackle? From what I've been hearing, it's they're going to take whoever's the best and shuffle it around because they need more than one mm -hmm. offensive lineman. Um, Skaronsky, my note on him is that he's a reliable left tackle prospect with versatility, uh, almost always on balance. However, he does lose his ground to power rushers at times, and he's also not overpowering with run blocking. Maybe not a big deal in Chicago. Broderick Jones is the next guy up from Georgia. Size, length, and speed equates to a plug-and-play starter. Solid in the pass and the run, but needs to have better hand placement and lower body strength. Um, you're talking a 92 rating versus a 91 rating here. Uh, I'm going Skaronsky because of the versatility. You know, I think if, if he can't hold down that left tackle spot... <clears throat> they'll find him where he fits as a starter on that offensive line somewhere. And so mm -hmm. offensive tackle, Peter Skaronsky here. And I like that there. Like, I think I like your thought process on it, especially with Skaronsky and the versatility because Skaronsky can play guard. He actually might be better at guard than tackle from what I'm reading. That's true. And, and maybe I like, high to take a guard, but yeah, you know, yeah. but if, but if he doesn't work out at right tackle, he could could slide over and play guard and probably be, just, be uh, an amazing guard. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I I do think uh, Broderick. Uh, what's Broderick's last name? Yeah, Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones would get some consideration here because Broderick Jones is more a true right tackle. Okay. And but I I can't I can't argue. With Skaronsky because he is very versatile. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, hey, that puts you on the clock at number 10 for the Philadelphia Eagles, buddy. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Let's paint. For, for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Imagine this. Yes. A complete dominant running back. Oh, jeez. Alongside Jalen Carter. You're running quarterback. Hurt, sorry. Yes. You're running quarterback. Imagine how unstoppable that team would be offensively. So this is where Bijan goes. And I de I've debated over and over which one of these running backs is better. Oh, so you're looking at uh, Gibbs also? I'm looking at Gibbs also. 
Okay. So I've got um, a late first round grade on Gibbs is uh, the 28th rated prospect, but you know, you take who you like. I mean, that's, you know, whoever you think is going to be best for your team. So it's, you know, some of that's, you know, right. it's just a number. And so do you think that, that, um, I mean, Sirianni had Jonathan Taylor, but not a mobile quarterback in Indianapolis. Do you think yeah. that with Hertz being mobile, that maybe it has them deprioritize that running back spot, or do you do you see that as a non-issue because Bijan's such a? I mean, he's like by far and away the highest-rated guy on the board now with a 95. Yeah, your next well, best, you're sitting at 91. So I see that as a non-issue because I I think. So what we always talk about, and every year we talk about this, like when you have the pieces and you're ready to make that Super Bowl run, yeah, is when you when you go out and you draft a running back in the first round. Yeah, it's it's a luxury at that point. And oh my God, man, with that offensive line, uh -huh. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, I I mean, hey, you got to lock it in, and I'll put I'm gonna it on go the board. With, I'm gonna go with Bijan Robinson. I think he's a just a slightly, I like, uh, gosh, why am I forgetting names? I like uh, Jameer. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, thank you. I was like, yeah, why can't I get it? I like Jameer Gibbs. I like them both as three down backs. I think Jameer Gibbs might be a little bit more reliable as a pass catcher, but I think the fit into what they would use him for in Philadelphia, kind of goes more towards Bijan Robinson. Sure, because he he'll, he's he'll be he'll be their version of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I I think it's um it's a very intriguing pick. I think that could be um they just I mean they're already so dominant on offense. It it mm -hmm. would be like impossible to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that pick. Uh, all right, so that puts me on the clock with the Titans at 11. And so this one is um, basically I'm hearing quarterback is a possibility. And they like Anthony Richardson, who is on the board in this scenario. Uh, they're also looking at pass rushers and offensive line prospects. And so um, I didn't have quarterback is that high of a need on my list, but I get it. You know, they're, they're running out of patience with Tannehill and Malik Willis. It just, it sounds like was a swing and a miss. And I know he's young, anything can happen, but um, it was really not flattering how his rookie year turned out last year. So, you know, looking at my board, and they do need help on this is another one of these teams that really needs to go to the well more than once on the offensive line. And so I think if you were gonna take Richardson, it maybe is less of a concern because he's so mobile. And you do still have Tannehill unless you, you get rid of him where you're having time with Richardson to, you know, develop instead of just going out there and taking a beating. Um Otherwise, I'd be looking at Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright is the offensive lineman. 
Man. I think I think they take the chance. I think they go Richardson. So everything I'm reading is 100%. If Richardson is available here, that Tennessee is pick, picking them. I'm also reading that Tennessee might be looking to trade up to get Richardson. Okay. So they're so, happy as heck if if he falls to 11. Yes, they're they're happy as happy as fuck if he happy falls to 11. Happy as Pigs on shit, or whatever people say. So, so, all right. Well, hey, that gets you at uh, twelve with the Texans, bud. And there's only one pick here, and this is how, kind of how I thought it would play out with them picking Will Anderson Jr. at number two. They're going to pick Will Levis. Okay. All right, so yeah, a little more of a project at quarterback, but he's got a freaking cannon of an arm. He's got a cannon in the arm. He has, they have, they need pieces. They also need pieces. They're going to take Wallace to start develop him while they're accumulating the other pieces they need and the other talent they need and get ready in his his third in his third year to make a serious, be in serious contention for the division. Gotcha. Yeah, and I, I, I like that. Um, you know, we know that quarterback is one of their highest needs. Um, you know, everything that I've been hearing and reading is that it's it's either quarterback or defensive line, one and then the other. And in this scenario, they go defensive line first, then they go quarterback. Outside of that, it looks like they could go wide receiver uh, and then like interior offensive line, which this is probably a little early for that. Um yeah, and so in this scenario, yeah, they're still getting their defensive linemen and their quarterback, uh, just not the people that some of us think it might be. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that, and I have marked him off, my friend. Uh, okay, so that takes us to 12, I'm sorry, 13, with the New York Jets. And... Uh, they, you know, looks like they're going to get Aaron Rodgers at some point, but nothing's a guarantee in this world. Uh, assuming they get him, quarterback is not their highest need. What I'm reading is that they're doing all their homework on offensive linemen, and uh, if they can't get an offensive lineman that they want, they're looking at defensive linemen. And so in this scenario... You got to be thinking, hey, you're bringing in Rodgers, or at least you're hoping to bring in Rodgers. You better have a solid offensive line, which was a little bit leaky last year, despite them making investments in it over these last few years. And so um, I think it's between one of these three offensive tackles, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, or Darnell Wright. Uh, They're both very closely rated. Broderick Jones has a 91. The other guys have a 90 rating. Just reading their their notes here. Let me just see this. Jones, size, length, speed. We already talked about him. Paris Johnson, elite size and arm length with position flexibility, good awareness, but he plays with his pads too high. Darnell Wright, uh, likely to play right guard or right tackle or offensive car, guard, but elite combination of height, weight, and speed. 
subpart arm length. Um, based off of these reviews, um, man, I don't know. I got to go Broderick Jones. He's the top rated guy. They're all pretty similar in their ratings. So I'm going to plug him in, man. Offensive tackle Broderick Jones. All right. It's kind of where I figured that was going to be. That's where I had. Um, so next up, we have the Patriots. And Bill Belichick does his his own thing all the time at the draft. So I am going to <laughs> I'm going to take a deep dive into this. Um, yeah. So I hear they're targeting wide receivers, but you also know they've like never had success drafting wide receivers so it's who knows so i you know let me look at their needs okay that's what i thought yeah i want to say they need uh oh yeah here we go so defensive back Offensive tackle, wide receiver, linebacker, edge, defensive line. Um, you, you can go in a lot of different directions, man. And yeah, you know, it's hard to get in Belichick's head because he does some sort of crazy things here in the draft. I'm going to say, and just because it's Bill Belichick, I'm going to say they're going to take Mozzie Smith. Oh, the defensive, defensive tackle, tackle from, from, from U of M? Yeah. Okay, where do I have him on my board? <laughs> he's he's number 38. And the Thank reason you. I say that is because, because he has those kind of, like, he clogs the middle. He's, you know, he's incredibly strong. Yeah. And he, he seems, it seems like that weird, random overreach for Belichick that he does every every year like Cole Strange and who who like and I think Belichick's going to shy away from drafting a wide receiver this early um everything I'm reading is Mac Jones might be done in in New England and they're out on him because of him because of him seeking outside advice from somebody outside yeah. from somebody outside the organization. Yep. So I don't think they're going to go offensive line or wide receiver yet. Sure. I think they're going to, they're going to possibly there's a chance that they'll, they'll draft a, a quarterback in the second round this year. So that's just what I'm reading from there. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, yeah. And I'm just looking, I'm, I'm having a hard time really, disputing that making a different kind of pick here um you know maybe maybe safety brian branch from alabama just because i know belichick loves his secondary mm -hmm. um but uh no I'm, I'm good with that man yeah you know uh Maisie smith he's you know i think he had the the most bench reps at the combine this year like you said they're saying he's like maybe the strongest prospect in this class and so yeah you pair him with um What's the guy's Christian Barmore or whatever, the other defensive yeah. tackle they have? That makes for a pretty stout interior defensive line, man. And and Belichick loves the trenches, so that's that's cool. 
so that takes us to 15 with the Green Bay Packers. And so uh, they actually have a fair amount of needs. They, they need safety, tight end, wide receiver, defensive line, edge, offensive guard. Uh, what I'm reading is that they're focusing their evaluations on defensive line prospects and tight ends primarily, uh, but they're also looking at wide receivers. Uh, and so they, they do want to get some pass catching help for Jordan Love because they've made that bet and now they're going to lay in it. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at the board, you've got uh, Lucas Van Ness still out there with a 91 rating. You have tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah with a 91 rating. He's out there. Uh, and they're bare. They're bare bones at tight end. Tanyan's gone. Mercedes Lewis, I believe, is gone. Uh, they got to make a move there. And this is a very solid year to go after a tight end. I'm just going to plug in Dalton Kincaid here. Um, accelerates quickly, makes the first defender miss, picks up yards after the catch. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like he's he's the top tight end prospect. Should be a good fit here. I, and I agree with you. I like tight end, especially with Jordan Love um, projected to be the starter this year, unless they do something crazy. Um, I I think they will target the tight end because the tight end is a young quarterback's best friend. Yep. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, okay. So yeah, that takes you to 16 with the Washington commanders, James. So the commanders, I think their top priority, I think their top priority should be quarter <laughs> back, but they're committing to Sam Howell. Or do you think that they're just saying Here's the that? Thing. Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. Is they can... I keep wanting to put... They, they could get Hendon Hooker, who who may need, need a little bit of development, allow the Sam Howell experiment to happen while Hendon Hooker gets healthy and develops. I think Hendon Hooker is the style of quarterback that Rivera has been successful with in the past, a la Cam Newton. I'm not saying that he's as good as Cam Newton was. So I could see them possibly going with Hendon Hooker here. Sure. But I don't think they will. I think they will they will go with Oh, so yeah, you're just saying you could see it, but you're 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 going to lock in a different guy, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think because they did they did sign Jacoby Brissett, and so the combination of him and Sam Howell is probably where they're going at quarterback for this year. But yeah, I guess you know knowing that Hooker needs a year anyhow, maybe they would they would grab him and stash him. And, yeah. But that's just basically saying that they don't believe in Sam Howell. So right. So I'm gonna go with with and like I do see the possibility of off, offensive tackle. I think I think the one that that they tend to be locking in on for offensive tackle might be a little bit of a high pick for him. I think for Sam Howell, the younger quarterback, they're gonna need a he's gonna need his best friend and he's gonna need a tight end. Okay. I'm going to go with Michael Mayer. Yeah, maybe the uh, most well-rounded tight end in this class. Highly, highly productive at Notre Dame. Uh, 
but he did run pretty slow. And so I think that, you know, that's kind of dropped him on the board a little bit because going into this, he was like the number one tight end without a doubt. And then it flipped and Dalton Kincaid took that spot over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's a good pick here. Yeah. And I, the thing I like about him here is he, he, he also is, he's, he's a good pass blocking tight end Yep, as well. Yeah. Solid with that for sure. Yeah. So I think that that would fit more into, I think the way, the way the tight ends went here with Green Bay, with Kincaid and Washington with, uh, with, with Mayer, um, I think that's actually how it could fall out because that's kind of like Rivera would want more of a blocking tight end where LaFleur would want less of a blocking tight end, more of a route, run, route running tight end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could see that happening. Uh, I like that, man. I like that. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, that gives that would give Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett some pretty good weapons. So you still have... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, I must be getting tired. Um, <laughs> all right, help me out here, James. Washington Commanders yeah, wide receivers. They've got uh, Terry McLaurin. Washington. They've, they've got Jahan Dotson, Curtis McLaurin, Samuel. Yeah. So they're they're solid at wide receiver. You get a tight end. You've got great weapons there. You know what running back? You got Brian Robinson and. Um, uh, what's his face? Gibson. They're other running back. Antonio Gibson. Thank you, Gibson. So you're set there. Um, and then, and then they do still have, um, Logan Thomas at tight end as their other tight end, but he, he was hurt a lot last year. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that, you know, you're, you're giving them as many weapons as you can give them, you know, it just, hopefully that offensive line can also protect him, but I think they can find guys later in the draft for that. Uh, so, okay, so that takes us to 17 with the Steelers. And so what I'm hearing is that um, they are looking at cornerback or offensive tackle, and Joey Porter Jr. is their dream scenario with them having a lot of familiarity with Joey Porter Sr. Uh, and in this scenario, they they do have a couple offensive tackle prospects, and they have Joey Porter Jr., all of which have a 90 rating on this board. And so I'm not going to question it. I'm plugging them in here. Joey Porter Jr. I'm hard-pressed to argue with you there. Um, Pittsburgh does weird fucking thing. They should absolutely go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Protect their young quarterback. And offensive line. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think they – I, I, I'm hard-pressed to disagree with them going with Joey Porter Jr. I, I think it's very possible. Yeah, and, you know, they've neglected the offensive line in past years. And, and, that's, and sometimes it's been okay. They've neglected it, and they found guys, and it's been good. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would probably protect Kenny Pickett. And, you know, we've talked about it. Open up running lanes for Najee Harris, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't see them passing on Joey Porter Jr. So that takes you back to the Lions, man. You get to double dip on this shit. You got the Lions at 18 here, James. Tell me where you want to go, bud. We're going to go, and I like this combination when we 
when we get there. I'm more sold on this pick um, than the other one. Well, he needs to improve his pass rush a little, a little bit. He has he's good, good against the run, and I think he he'd be a perfect complement on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. And that would be Luca Venna, Lucas Venna. Sorry. Oh, from Iowa. Okay. Yeah. I think I think if he falls this far, the Lions would be hard pressed to pass on him. Um, I think if he doesn't fall this far, I could see them, and we probably destroy them over this. I could see them going with Jameer Gibbs here. Oh, gotcha. Okay. If Ben Ness doesn't fall as fall down here. Yeah, and I, I've heard a lot of people pairing Kalijah Cansey with them here, but, um, you know, it, it's tough. You know, it's uh, Van Ness is the number 11 rated prospect on the board. Cansey's 22. That's a, a little bit of a drop off. Um, yeah, and, and they'd love to have a running mate with Aiden Hutchinson. So I like that. I like that pick there. Oh, My one I, I concern forgot, is, yeah, sorry. I, go ahead. I forgot a point. I just, 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 just clicked in my head. I forgot a point to make. When you said Broderick Jones to the Jets. Yes. And this goes to what I told you previously. Mm-hmm. When it was rumored. A couple years ago, when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, at number 13, the Tampa oh. Bay Buccaneers selected Tristan Wirfs. That's a right. Versatile yeah. tackle. That pick is destined and to be an offensive lineman. And that propelled them to the Super Bowl that year. Yep. That combination. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I got it right then, James. Yeah, but that pick is destined to be an offensive tackle. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you, you know, all right, so going back to Van Ness is that pick. My one concern is that he wasn't actually a full-time starter at Iowa. And so that's something I've been trying to get to the bottom of is that do they just have some beast on that depth chart ahead of him? Or was he just kind of a specialist needing to develop his moves? That's something that I've not gotten clarity on. But um, I think for this point in the draft, everything I'm reading is that that would be a really good pick. So Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, he's got to have something going to be the number 11 ranked prospect. Yeah, let me let me see if I had was able to find a comparison sure. for him. I know. Um, wow, that's interesting. What's that? Just glancing at it, the this mock draft has Nolan Smith falling to 18. Okay. And the Lions pick, pick him there. Uh, then then that's Carter, and that makes sense. I'm looking for notes on Van Ness. Sure. Yeah, and I'm just kind of looking for my next pick here while you're doing that, so I get to cheat ahead a little bit. Yeah, I'm not finding a real comp that was. Huh, that's interesting. 
What's that? Another mock draft has has the debate for Philadelphia picking Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs at number thirty. Okay. Yeah, man, I can't see Bijan Robinson falling to thirty, but you never know. Anything can happen. The, the running backs they've been deprioritized so much that it just you never know. But everybody I, I hear and read, they're comparing him to freaking Saquon and guys like that, which means you'd think it'd be the top half of the first round somewhere. All right, so here's 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 my notes on Ben Ness. Ben yes. Ness has has positional flexibility. He's six five, two seventy two pounds. He could play he could play either defensive end or defensive tackle. Um. Penetrating pass rush on late rounds, using power to hold up the run game. He had seven sacks last season in uh, Iowa. I don't know why he he wasn't a full time starter though. A full time. Yeah, that's that's a thing, and I I heard that on the radio, and so I don't I don't have a whole lot of the background and the details as to why, but. Um, I mean, analysts are, are liking what they're seeing. And so, yeah. You know. Okay. So, so this is, this is his, his scoring. Um, it's pass rush skills. Excellent. Versus the run above average versatility. Excellent instincts, motor above average. Okay. I'm just really trying to find. Yeah. Why? Like I'm not, and I'm not coming up with anything. Yeah, you know, you would think for him to be that high of a prospect, I mean, they'd have to have like some freaking dynamite guy in front of him, and even then, you just put him on the other side. <laughs> so yeah, so so then us that this this is this other another guy's notes. He he's a versatile frontline defender with high revving motor and overwhelms opponents. The Iowa standout offers position flexibility. And is a rugged player at a point of attack with outstanding skills as a run stopper pass rusher. Okay. Well, so I mean, maybe, hey, maybe he played, he went between at end and tackle, that, and that's that what could be. For. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were, you know, and that's because, like I said, I didn't get the full backstory, but maybe it, it was he wasn't full time at defensive end that he bounced around. Yeah. That, that could very well be the case. Yeah, because uh, everything, that would make me feel everything a lot I'm read, I've read on him and all my notes on him. Do not have doesn't even mention not being a full time player. Yeah, yeah. So it might be he he played both, and I just and I'm picking up on the versatility, and other people are picking up. Well, he didn't play full time at Edge. <laughs> uh, I got you. All right. Well, hey, let's move it on, man. At 19, we got the Buccaneers, and so James, what I'm hearing and reading is they want a left tackle. If they can't get a left tackle, Tristan Wirfs is going to sit there and they'll take any tackle and put a guy at right tackle. Uh, with that being the case, I think it's a no-brainer. They're going Paris Johnson Jr. here. I'm hard-pressed to disagree there. I think Paris Johnson Jr. and... Um, um, Darnell uh, Wright, the next Darnell guy? Wright. I think I think they're comparable. I think Paris Johnson... Junior might be better 
on the left side, but he but the drawback of him he does play too high, yeah. but that is that's um it gives him a little bit of hope that he could be a left tackle. I think yeah. Darnell Wright, a lot of people are expecting him to be a right tackle or a guard. Um, and they would prefer to keep Worfs on the right side. So that's just mm-hmm. where that's where I went Paris Johnson here. Yeah, so this isn't all right. So next year we have to make a rule that if there's teams that have two picks in the first round that we alternate it because sure. I got Seattle again. <laughs> and you and... know, we did, we actually did that one year, but, uh, but that's okay. This year, the way it, it worked out, it's no big deal. So with Seattle getting Jalen Carter first. Yes. Your notes are saying cornerback. I don't think the cornerbacks get that are left get much value here at uh, at twenty. Sure. But I do think what brings a little bit of value is another need, and that's on the offensive line with uh, Darnell Wright. Okay. Like it's you're looking at right right tackle or guard. He he has the versatility there. He's not going to be a left tackle, but I like like that fit in. In Seattle, because if I remember correctly, what we were kind of saying with their need is they needed they needed a lot on the offensive line, and yeah, the and flexibility they, with Darnell Wright could could help them in any yeah. of those positions. Yeah, I like that pick, James. They they did get a couple of rookies last year that ended up taking those bookend spots uh, pretty well, but with them still needing more help there, Wright can come in. And, you know, they're saying he could be a guard. Maybe you, maybe you move him to whatever, right guard or whatever. Um, and you beef up that offensive line, which will help with Kenneth Walker running the ball. And mm-hmm. it'll help keep Geno clean to get the ball to Lockett and Metcalf. And I, I can't argue with that, man. I think that that's solid. I, yeah, I think that if, if um, you know, if things didn't play out the way that they wanted to at the start, I could have seen them go in Devin Witherspoon like I've been hearing, but uh, I think that they prefer to get Carter like they did. And then, you know, this just flips it to the other trenches, you know, it's a good mm-hmm. way to go. And, and I, I, man, like I have it in my notes that linebacker is a top need for them, but this is another one of these tricky things where, you know, they brought back Bobby Wagner on a one year deal and there's really just not a good linebacker to take here. So, um, Maybe you stretch down and you go get Keon White from Georgia Tech, but probably a little early to be doing that. So, uh, all right, so that takes us to 21 with the Los Angeles Chargers. And so, um, you know, I've got their needs at defensive line, tight end, linebacker, offensive tackle, edge, and safety. Uh, The rumor mill is saying they want a pass catcher. They either want Jordan Addison or the top tight end prospect. And if they can't get any of that, then they're looking at the edge. And so, and I, I, I don't know why they want to go wide receiver, to be honest. I, I know Keenan Allen had that like mysterious, I'm going to be back any week now that lingered on. But um, I would see, man, this is tough. Because I would say tight end is probably a, higher priority for them but the rumor mill specifically calling out jordan addison and my note on him is he's a savvy elusive route runner 
catches in stride, hits his top speed, which is not elite, but he gets there quickly. A little undersized, could be dangerous, is a slot-wide receiver and a return man immediately. And so if he's coming into play slot, you'd have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside. And this kind of helps alleviate the need for a tight end. I'm going to plug it in, man. I, I'm having a hard time not because they did specifically name drop him. So yeah. I'm going to go wide receiver Jordan Addison. So the only thing, the only thing with um, with Los An- with the Chargers that I am reading recently out here is with uh, Eckler wanting a trade that they might be targeting J- Jameer Gibbs. Oh, gotcha. You know, that's an interesting one, yeah, because if, um, yeah, if they get rid of Eckler, Gibbs would come in and be that receiving back kind of guy, very similar to Eckler. Uh, but I locked in Addison, so. Yeah, so and with um, back to Baltimore, which is the next pick, what, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, and your notes have it, and I've seen a lot of name drops with Quentin Johnson or – um, Jordan uh, Addison as well here. Um, I don't think so on either of them. Okay. Yeah, they did bring in Odell Beckham Jr., but you know that's, I, I, you know, I, I I've been hearing they're still wanting another um, high higher rated wide receiver. So I think they're going a completely completely different path and you probably just lost my video i just saw that that's okay Um, so anyways i think they're going a completely different path and i think they're going to go hendon hooker here well yeah because i all right so you're making the assumption then that either they're trading lamar or he's going to play the one year on the franchise and then be gone yes man in either case i like that pick here james Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I think, you know, a realistic scenario is that Lamar's going to play the one year, mm-hmm. and then he's going to be out. The realistic scenario is Lamar's going to sit out this year and not play on the franchise tag. Okay. Yeah, in which case they just roll the dice with uh, what's-his-face, their, their Pro Bowl mm-hmm. quarterback, uh, Huntley. <laughs> so... Okay. Yeah, and maybe they bring in Teddy Bridgewater or something and you know, they make it work. I, I, I could I could totally see that. No, I and I like it because I like Hendon Hooker's upside a lot. Uh, you know, when you look at what he did in the SEC, man, you know, and I, I you know, I'm just looking at his, his thing here. Elusive with good agility and top end speed, smooth compact delivery with a beautiful deep ball, inconsistent at times with timing and ball placement and abandons the play too soon. Okay, yeah, but those are things to work on, but... Things to work on, exactly. You know, but and the thing did, with, yeah. with him is, before he got hurt, Tennessee was on on its way to playing for the national championship. Yeah. Also, yeah. before he got... He was doing that with subpar receivers at Tennessee. Yeah. He was, do, he was also on his way to being 
probably a unanimous Heisman Trophy winner, or close to it, as well as he was playing at the time when he got yeah. hurt. And that's, I think, I think he has that ability as long as he comes back and his medicals come. Everything I'm reading is, is he he might have to miss a couple weeks, not the not even the entire season. Like we're looking at like week four or five, he'd be back fully ready to play. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I like it, and and I'm actually I'm looking at the next pick, which is the Vikings, which. Um, you know, some of the, the rumor mill stuff is that they've been hoping that one of these quarterbacks would fall mm-hmm. to them. And in this scenario, you basically snipe them of that, which, you know, I'm fine with, you know, I mean, they, they've got cousins. They're not like um, desperate to make the move, but, um, you know, that's that's some of the fun of the draft. If you can get in and steal a guy that, you know, might go the next pick, it's like, oh, you get some excitement there. So, um but yeah, so my notes are they're likely targeting a cornerback or hoping a quarterback will fall to them. They also have needs on the defensive line, linebacker, wide receiver, guard, and safety. Uh, I've been hearing for a while now, and this goes to um, um, wow, I'm I'm obviously tired because I'm just not remembering names at all tonight. But this goes to uh, what's his face going to Carolina. Um, them wanting another Bryce wide receiver, or, or uh, what's his face going to Carolina? Their wide receiver, they let him go, or they, you know. Oh, Thielen. The Adam Thielen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nor- see, normally I'm normally I'm not this tired like this, James. I don't know what's going on here, but um, a lot of what I'm hearing is that they want another wide receiver to go with Justin Jefferson and. They would have pretty much their pick of the litter minus Jordan Addison here. You could go Jackson Smith and Jigba. You go Zay Flowers. Uh, you go Quentin Johnson, Johnston, sorry. Um, and then even Jalen Hyatt. I've heard uh, his name getting called, even though he's a little bit further down the board. Um, when I look at the profiles on these guys, I gotta believe they're they're gonna go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the note is he's got a rare feel for the game and sets up defensive backs. Um, I mean, he was pretty phenomenal at Ohio State, and so, I, but I, I don't know that you go wrong. I think that he's just in combination with Jefferson would be like that perfect running mate, and so I'm plugging him in. Okay, which puts me on the clock with the Jaguars, and I have one. I just, I, I have a, a thought on that. Yes. And let me open the right tab because if I remember something correctly, I just want to, I, I want to double check something. Sure. My notes should be accurate on this, and this is kind of how who, this player I kind of thought would be available here. I just. I need to, yes. Yeah. He does. So this player is, he needs to get a defensive end, needs to get a little bit uh, a little bit stronger. He's um, He has good closing bur- burst, 
but he seems to be the perfect defensive end for a 3-4 defense. Okay. Which is which is what Jacksonville runs, and that's Will McDonald the fourth from Iowa State. Gotcha. Yeah, and he's one of my higher-rated guys on the board at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm showing that he's either a well. So yeah, my notes that he's likely a three-four outside linebacker to start at the NFL. Um, but I mean, that's, you know, he, he just ends up being an edge guy for them, which is something yeah. that they need. So um, I can't argue much with that. And they got uh, Trayvon Walker last year high in the draft. So they, they're, they're stacking, stacking that part of the defense. I like that. Um. And I, you know, I did have a note that they, they have been looking at safety as well with um, a note for Brian Branch as an alternative here. Uh, but I think they would get better value out of Will McDonald here. And so I, I like that pick. Uh, next up, we got the Giants. And so uh, the Giants, they need a wide receiver, a couple offensive linemen, a cornerback, a safety, a linebacker, someone on the edge. Uh, the note that I'm reading is that they want a wide receiver that's explosive with speed or they want a cornerback. And, um, I mean, you know, they, they could go either way with that. I mean, you've got Zay Flowers out there at wide receiver, Quentin Johnston at wide receiver. Uh, you've got... Um, Really, the only cornerback. Well, no, there's a couple cornerbacks still in this range here. You got Deontay Burks, and you've got Emmanuel Forbes. Um, let's see. Just trying to think of how how they would be thinking about this because they did make it work last year with a hodgepodge of wide receivers, mm-hmm. and they really got to get better on defense. <sighs> I'm going Deontay Banks. I like the note. Physical, and he's at his best in press zone. He has good hip fluid, fluidity. A reli- it actually says he's the most reliable tackler in this class. Uh, he does get exposed sometimes when his back is to the ball. I like that, though. I like that pick for them here. All right. So, Deontay Banks off the board. Back to you at 26 for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry's world. So, I think they're the Cowboys. They're they're mainly targeting the trenches, um, offensive line, defensive line. I think it's a little bit of a stretch for some of the offensive line players that are still remaining. So then you're looking at defensive line. And I think more they're they're targeting interior defensive line versus defensive end. Sure. So so that leaves and it's it's right in this range pick value wise. Um I have Pretty much the consensus is this player is ranked number 22 overall in the draft. Kalijah Kansi, uh, defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. He's he's a disruptive run defender. He's a good pass rusher. He 
He is, he does, his arms are short, according to somebody that said <laughs> that. I don't, I don't know why. I know they might want, they might want, they do also need, need a tight end, but the tight ends are kind of a stretch. But I, at this point, I think Darnell Washington is more of a second round. He's a project. Play, and he's a project, and that's not what Dallas is going to want. They, if they go tight end, they're going to want somebody that, this early, they're going to want somebody that yeah. can step in. I think if, any of the players like uh, Kincaid or Mayer fall this far, they might might pick them. They also could yeah. trade up if they trade up to get ahead of Washington and Green Bay to get that tight end. Yeah, I like that assessment. I, I could see them uh, wanting one of those top tight ends for sure. Uh, but in this scenario, I like Cansey going to that defensive line. Um, man, you know, helping – Helping out Dan Quinn in that defense, um, you know, they've not put enough resources into that defense, and he's gotten a lot of production out of it. And so uh, that's that's a solid choice. And so, yeah, let's see. What else? Yeah, I mean, my note was they really want a dynamic tight end, but there's not one here without waiting on him to develop. So uh, the other priority is defensive line. All right, so at 27, Buffalo. Um, so I'm seeing that they've done a lot of homework on wide receivers, and they also are looking at linebackers, specifically noting Drew Sanders or Trenton Simpson. I don't see either of those guys uh, being a first-round pick. I mm-hmm. think if they went linebacker, you're looking at Keon White. And let's see. So, yeah, that's a tricky one because it's he's projected as either a uh, defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, but he's a high-ceiling guy. Let me just read this for a second here because I don't think he fits the linebacker position the way they need it. So I think they would have liked Kalijah Kansi, but you took him. I don't see them going down to the next guy. Let's see. This one's throwing me for a bit of a loop here. I mean, if they really want a wide receiver too, somebody to pair with Diggs, you still got Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston. And my note is saying that they've done a lot of homework on wide receivers. I think they're getting better value out of one of them looking at the board than reaching for a linebacker at this point. Um, I I just think Keon White's like a square peg in a round hole. So Mm -hmm. I'm between Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston. Let's see. Do they want the big guy? Or Flowers, great release and separation. I think they want the big guy between these two. I think it, it's a good compliment to Diggs. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston here. 
So I think, and I, you, you're lacking Quentin Johnson. I think that that they're more like Jalen Hyatt is more their speed of uh, wide receiver who can who who's kind of explosive after the catch, and I mean Allen can kind of throw him open. Yeah, I guess I was just looking as a compliment to Diggs because mm-hmm. you're already getting that kind of that kind of style out of Diggs, you know. Um, and so this is just yeah, I don't know my way of maybe giving him like the big bodied target to complement that. Yeah, which I I could see that. So this one, this one's a no brainer for me at um at Cincinnati. It's how sure. it's fallen. It's not that much of a stretch because I believe I. I mean, he was like the number 34 overall. But I, when you look at Cincinnati, they kind of still need offensive line help. They've done um, done a lot of work at the tackle position. I think they need interior offensive line. And he's probably, this player is, according, I'm just looking at your notes. I'm not even going to my notes. The most dominant in, interior offensive lineman in the country. Um. I think they I think they go with oh, Osiris Torrance here. Yeah, I think they'd be a sweet pick for Cincinnati. Um, and and yeah, you know this is based off of the ESPN.com's best available uh, reviews on each of these guys. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. which I like. I like how they they do it. And you know, I told you a few weeks ago I was starting to get anxious because they didn't have them updated yet, but they got it all all plugged in this past week, which has been nice. Um, yeah, I like Osiris Torrance here. I could see them going back to the well more than once in this draft for the offensive line. Um, here's the crazy thing is that I'm hearing they could be a surprise team to go after a running back, in which case this would be Gibbs. And so that could be whether they're just not liking some of this legal stuff with Mixon or they want to have a compliment for him because he has had injury history um, or, you know, who knows what it is, but um, I wouldn't, I don't know. They just, they pass all the time. So I don't know. I, I think the offensive line is the better way to go for them. Uh, and that takes us to 29. We got the saints. And so the saints, I'm sure they would have loved Osiris Torrance actually, because as I'm looking at it, it says, they're looking at offensive guard is their preference with defensive tackle is their runner up preference. Uh, they also are looking at tight ends, offense. Oh, I already covered that wide receiver linebacker and cornerback. Um, Ooh, that makes it interesting for these guys. What do they do here? I, I actually, no, I, I, I don't want to go too far. I think that this is actually a good spot for Darnell Washington. He's a project at tight end, uh, but Derek Carr was used to having um, Darren Waller with the Raiders. Uh, I think this gives him a guy that he can go to. I know they've got Olave is their wide receiver one. They still kind of got Mike Thomas, but they're looking for other options. Darnell Washington could develop into another reliable pass catcher for them and so i like him here so with the saints i'm going to disagree with you there i don't think Dar- darnell washington's a first round tight end I'm, it's a I'm risky say, pick but it's, you know. it's a very risky pick i think 
with what happened this offseason, the Saints basically had to clean out all their defensive tackles. And I think that's where they're going to go in, in this draft. I actually think that... Um, I mean, but you're reaching big time. You know, you've got to go down to I know. 43. I, I know that, but but I think um, I think one of the It's players, just too big of a need? It's too big of a need okay. for them. And I mean, is, I, you know, as long as you're saying that to me, then I guess I... I it's way too big of a need for them because they clearly, clearly... I'm just trying to keep them higher up on the board here of who's available. Um, yeah, and I'm, I mean, I guess, you know, you could go defensive end, too. You know, Miles Murphy's still there. You know, this Felix, and a, and I don't even know how to, Ozoma something, I don't know how to say his name, but, um, yeah, I guess there are some guys there. Either way, I'm locking in Darnell Washington. It's my pick. Speaking of Miles Murphy. Yes. <laughs> guess who's picking Miles Murphy? <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are picking Miles Murphy. Yeah, yeah, you know, he he does have his his drawbacks, but holy shit, I didn't mean to do that. What's that? I just went to looked at, at a mock draft, and it was Kuiper McShay going back and forth. And who do you think they have picking Miles Murphy at number thirty? The Detroit the Lions. The Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> hey, that's cool, man. Happy coincidence. Yeah, it just fits what the Eagles like to do in round one, build up the trenches. Can you say anything more on that? No, I, I like, I like, really like Miles Murphy here to them. It's, it is, it, it's probably is just what I, I see Philadelphia doing and they took the luxury pick and they need to continue a help because their defensive line is severely, severely um, geriatric at this point. Yeah. So I like, I like them going with, with Miles Murphy there. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, it, it fills a need on the defensive side of the ball and uh, you know, Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just maybe maybe safety Brian Branch at this spot. You know, um, they do need to get a safety, but you know, I think they can go in a number of different directions. So that's fine. Uh, all right, so that takes us to the last pick of the first round because uh, what was it? Dolphins lost their pick, and so yeah. only 31 picks this year. You got the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm hearing that they're looking at wide receivers and or the defensive line edge position the most, uh, but they also need uh, at least one offensive lineman. They may need a backup running back and a backup tight end. I don't see any of those being first round picks for them. So I think it's between wide receiver or that edge position. Um, and you know, they've got options near the top of the board either way. <sighs> Something's telling me they're not going to go wide receiver. I just don't see it. And so, 
you know, Mahomes is going to make it work with, like, anybody. He's just that good of a quarterback. He's one of those guys that elevates the game of his wide receivers. And so we're looking at Felix and a, and a D- Dyke Zoma, however you say his name, out of Kansas State, pursues with relentless effort, can redirect inside, sometimes gets stuck when blockers lock on and power stalls out. Or you're looking at Keon White is maybe a defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker. I do like his note, power to stack offensive tackles and tight ends, chases with good effort and effective tackler, uh, relies too much on power but has a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be my pick, outside linebacker Keon White. I, can, I, I tend to agree with you that they're going to shy away from wide receiver at this pick. Um, one concern I have is, yeah, I know Pacheco had a good rookie season last year. Is is Andy Reid's going to see Jameer Gibbs sitting there and have a hard time and have a hard time passing on him? Okay. I do like the fit of Keon White in Kansas City, but I do have a feeling that if Jamar Jamar Gibbs or Jameer Gibbs, sorry, or Bijan Robinson falls to thirty one. Andy Reid's going to have a hard time passing, just yeah. like he had a hard time passing on Clyde Edwards' Hilaire, uh, Clyde Edwards' bullshit, <laughs> non-existent, yeah, non-fake running back. But I do, I like I said, I like the Keon White pick to them. I like that fit a lot. I agree with you that Keon White is a better fit there than um, Felix. Um, yeah, another we'll thing. We'll just call him Felix. One area I could also see them going if it falls this way is I could see I if Zay Flowers is there. There's gonna yeah, be a long, in this case he long is thought if yeah. met, if uh, also with like with like the offensive lineman you're not you're not quite getting value there um, and but like but Anton Harrison could be a good pick for what they would need. Oh yeah. Because they, because they lost their left tackle and they need a left they need a left tackle specifically on the offense that offensive line. And Anton Harrison could step in as a day one starter at left tackle. So that would be a consideration there. But I do like the pick slash value of of Keon White. Yeah, actually I'm glad you pointed out Anton Harrison because for the end of the first round, that's actually a pretty solid choice. Effective run pass blocker with room to grow, stalls out at times, but he's a likely starter at left tackle <laughs> or right tackle. Likely starter at the end of the first round. Um, you know, that that's worth taking a chance at this spot of the draft for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But either way, I locked in Keon White, and it is what it is. That's the end of the first round there, buddy. It's good with me. All right, so on to round two. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> We're not doing round two tonight. We've been going for over two hours. With the first pick <laughs> of round two, the um, Chicago Bears select, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't, uh, we don't like you. Uh, well, hey, all right, so that gets us through the first round. Uh, I think, you know, when when we went through it, you know, in past years, sometimes we 
we jumped around a little bit more on the best available list. This year, it seemed like a lot of it aligned well with the teams mm-hmm. and not necessarily their needs, but also the rumor mill of what they've been targeting. And so um, we stayed pretty tight to the top, but it, you know, I think that's fine. I mean, that's teams want to go best available if they can. So yeah, uh, we only picked, we only took four picks outside of the top 31. Yeah, not too shabby, man. Not too shabby. And it wasn't that far out. Like, uh, we took 32, 33, 34, and 38. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think it was a good good mock. Uh, all right, so you ready to go to question of the week, man? I'm ready. I want to come back and, you know, talk a little bit more about this Bryce Young thing going number one overall. You know, and so going back to Houston, <laughs> if Bryce Young does, in fact, get drafted number one overall, you think they'll trade out or take defense at two instead of taking CJ Stroud. Um, I I think that too, based on what I'm hearing, I guess I just want to know, you know, some more of the reasoning behind that. And so I know that's kind of a weird way of asking a question, but um, we covered him and Deshaun Watson having the same agent and that being an unfortunate experience for Houston. We know that the player representation, or lack thereof in the case of Lamar Jackson, can be a factor for a team. I think you got to take the best guy available that's going to set up your team for long-term success. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback. Will Anderson looks like a freak talent on defense. they got the defensive-minded head coach in Demeco Ryan. This is the first year of a rebuild, so... Keep thinking long term, and I, I kind of liked your the way that the draft worked out. You had him getting Levis anyhow later on, uh, and so I, I think it just boils down to hey man, if you're not getting a warm and fuzzy out of Stroud, don't force it. You know, there's mm-hmm. no reason to do that. And so I, I, I don't know. You know, I think the reasons are there, but what are some of the other reasons or thoughts that you have with that, James? So I disagree with it. I think, yeah, agent plays a role, but I think more of the issues with Deshaun Watson was Deshaun Watson and how, and certain things that were going on within the Houston organization. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. You don't want to like, yeah, muddy those waters because they're two different people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, I think, I think that, that not picking somebody who could change your franchise because of his agent is a stupid childish way thing to do, which I think is something that is possible for for Houston to do, because that's that's the, that's the mo. They've been messed sense. up, yeah, yeah. Okay, enough said. All right. Well, hey, you good? I'm good. All right, I'm good too. So, yeah, hey, lengthy show. Anybody who's still watching, we hope you liked it. We hope you enjoyed it. Hit us up with some comments. We want to know, you know, what team you're for and what guy you want and what you liked or didn't like about this mock draft. Uh, And also, come on, man, play name that stadium. We're dying for somebody to get in on that action. And so uh, next week we'll be covering a recap of round one. We'll be doing this next Friday. And so... We'll have to talk about the time of that, James, because, yeah, we, we got rounds two and three going on that night. But 
you know, like always, man, it was fun. I hope you have a good night, bud. All right. Sounds good. Hope you have a good one, too. All right. See ya. Gridiron Grinder. Hut, hut, hike.